and welcome back to Trennis Magnus, Jab's Reality, a podcast vacation presented by Two True Freaks. I'm your host, Magnus, and it's not exactly a closely guarded secret that I haven't really been all that fond of, in particular, movies in the geek fraternity that presumably we all share and enjoy, right? In fact, it would be safe to say that I'm certainly not on board with a lot of what's happening in modern-day comics. But, you know, in particular, the stuff that's been happening in in comic book movies has been a little bit heartbreaking for me on on a lot of levels. And I was kind of... I was sort of given a, a fresh reminder of this just a couple of days ago when the the teaser trailer for Star Wars Episode Nine uh, was released, I guess in tandem with Star Wars Celebration. And I don't want I don't want this episode to turn into yet another helping of Magnus doesn't give a shit about Star Wars these days. But I mean, it is true that I just I don't give a shit about Star Wars these days. You know, I just I really don't. Now. The usual disclaimer applies if you're listening to this and you're one of those people who absolutely loves and cherishes what Disney has done with Star Wars, dude. More power to you. I hope Episode 9 is everything that you want it to be. But for me, no. No. The DCEU, at least as I knew it and as I loved it, seems like it's pretty much dead. And so the, the kind of end result of this has been that there's just not very much out there happening comic book movie-wise that I just get into all that much. You know, there's just, there's not. You know, I, you know I'm the guy in the room that likes these X-Men first class movies and just the, the, I guess the franchise that sort of spun out of that. I'm the guy in the room that really likes those movies, you know? Yeah, some are better than others, but there's a remarkable degree of consistency from one movie to the next as far as quality is concerned. And I've just, I've really enjoyed them, you know? And the most likely outcome of the Fox-Disney merger is the X-Men getting incorporated into the MCU and in some way rebooted. And speaking of the MCU, here again, I'm kind of repeating myself, but I need to set the table on a couple of things here. Speaking of the MCU, look, I really enjoy phase one you know i really dig those movies i think they're incredibly well done and very enjoyable very entertaining i love them i do but at least for me for my participation phase two was i'll just say it was kind of a dud and ever since phase three got underway it's just been Like, the MCU has sort of become a little bit of a... It's almost like a conveyor belt of, well, shellac, right? Let's just... That's just how I think of it. Now, here again, the disclaimer, if you enjoy the MCU and you're loving where things are going and you're so excited about Endgame that you want to light your hair on fire, dude, that's great. I'm happy for you. I don't want to ruin your fun or take anything away from you. Or anything like that. And reason being is because, guys, there are so fucking few things in this miserable, horrible, evil world 
There are so few things to really love that if you take away something from somebody, something that they love, that is just an asshole thing to do, you know? It is. It's an asshole thing to do. And so it would be the height of hypocrisy for me to tell people who love these new Star Wars movies or love where MCU is going or whatever that you're bad or you suck or your feet smell or just or whatever that apparently because of the fact that we disagree on something that must mean you're a horrible person. I don't feel that way at all. I'm just saying that whatever it is that people love about these new Star Wars movies or whatever it is that people love about the MCU these days, guys, I'm not there with you, okay? I'm just not. And so I'm not burning you an effigy for loving something that I don't. So I hope you're not going to burn me an effigy for not liking something that you love. All right, let's just try to be fair here. So where this has left me, just to finally start getting to the point here a little bit, where this has left me is sort of in no man's land. You know, there's really not been movies and stuff that are coming out that I just care to see. You know, I mean, dude, you want to talk about a kick in the balls. Justice League was a kick in the balls. I mean, it, oh God, I, that was a painful, I mean, honestly, it's hard for any cinematic experience to, for me to be as uh, disappointing or as painful as Superman Returns. I mean, guys, that was a bummer, all right? I mean, that was a fucking bummer, Superman Returns. But, you know, going into Justice League, and I already had, like, really low expectations of this thing just based on the news that had been out there about it, and then to actually see this fucking abortion of a movie, it's like, wow. It's almost like this movie was custom-engineered specifically to piss me off. And uh, assuming that I'm right, and I'm not being paranoid about that, assuming that somebody made that movie with the express purpose of, of pissing off Trennis Magnus, Dude, congratulations, mission accomplished, job well done, you succeeded admirably. So, like I say, there's just not been very much happening movie-wise that has really spoken to me. Until this last week, anyway, where I had occasion to just sort of not, it wasn't a marathon, but I did just over a period of time do a rewatch of the East Rail 177 trilogy, which is to say, Unbreakable, Split, and Glass. I rewatched those movies over the last uh, week, and you know, sometimes the thing that you really wanted was just hiding in plain sight the entire time, and all you needed to do was just do the obvious thing and enjoy it. And guys, I did, you know? I mean, <clears throat> honestly, there's a whole lot to say about the East Rail 177 uh, trilogy. And God knows I'm going to have time to say it in the future, I'm, I'm thinking. But, you know, for right now, I just, just kind of want to gab about, I don't know about all of them, but just kind of have a little bit of freeform thought going on here. And we'll see where we land. But... What I need to say is that when it comes to Unbreakable, Split, and Glass, I missed all of these movies in theaters for various reasons, and I ended, ended up having to catch all of them, as it turns out, on home video. 
And like I say, I spent this last week watching the entire trilogy, and I gotta tell you guys, I really dig these movies, you know? They're dense, character-driven, performance-driven, and script-driven films. And I understand that M. Night Shyamalan has been has been kind of polarizing, or at least his work has been polarizing, especially for the last decade or so. And certainly I'm not one to defend all of all of his movies, but I've always found a lot of merit in Unbreakable. And if you doubt me on this, just remember, I used to have two audio montages that would introduce Trinus Magnus Punches Reality. And those audio montages, they always included a little bit of Samuel L. Jackson from Unbreakable. And that wasn't by accident. I mean, I really do enjoy those movies, and I just kind of liked putting a little bit of his dialogue from Unbreakable into those audio montages that, I, that, like I say, I used to use to introduce Trinus Magnus Punch's reality, right? So, I always figured that I was going to talk about Unbreakable someday, and now I have even more of a reason to do so with the advent of Split and Glass. But this is one of those things that I always figured, well, I'm just going to save this for later. I want, I want this to be special. You know, when I talk about Unbreakable, when I talk about Split, and when I talk about Glass, I want those episodes to be special, okay? I want them to be as comprehensive, at least as I can make them, and I want them to be as important to you listeners as those movies are to me, although maybe I'm swinging for the fences a little bit too much on that. I don't know. But my my point is that I can understand, you know, disliking a lot of M. Night Shyamalan's uh, films, you know? And I might even say not e- not enjoying the East Rail 177 trilogy because, I mean, it does need to be said, they're not for everybody. But in case it hasn't been made clear yet, I'm at a point, <clears throat> and just me personally here, I'm at a point where anything comic book related that doesn't depend on these huge multi-million dollar CG effects, mega set pieces is automatically interesting to me, you know? Now, obviously these characters are stand-ins for more famous characters, you know? David Dunn is a Superman figure. Elijah is a Lex figure. And I think it would be fair to say that the Horde is meant to be a doomsday figure. The layers of all these characters and their twists and their turns, that stuff just, all of it makes for... Fascinating cinema, you know? Now, I don't want to spoil anything, at least just yet, with at least Glass, but the climax of Glass, in particular, subverts audience expectations in what I think is a pretty interesting way, you know? I mean, so often, you know, people talk about subverting expectations as though that's a positive thing, ipso facto. But M. Night Shyamalan subverts audience expectations with the climax of Glass in a really clever way that I think wraps up the story cleanly that he's been telling throughout these three movies, while also implying the creation of a totally new paradigm, you know? And... I appreciate how Shyamalan raises but doesn't really answer the questions that are asked of 
glass at the very end of the movie. You know, it leaves fodder for the individual to make his own interpretations and have his own ideas about things. And I also kind of admire his ambition in spending three movies telling this story only to sign off on a kind of sort of ambiguous cliffhanger when you think about it, you know? Now, yeah, Shyamalan has said that, you know, he's he's open to making more uh, more movies that are set in this universe if he gets an idea to do so. But honestly, I'm fine with what we've got already, you know? I don't really need the story to continue from here. I think that answering those those questions in universe that get raised at the end of glass. It's hard to put into words, but I think that would take away from the thinking that the end of glass implicitly uh, expects the viewer to do for himself, you know? So anyway, now I do need to say that I predicted some of where things were going before the character's uh, guessed what Mr. Glass was up to at the end of Glass. You know, not not very long before, but there was a point before I kind of started figuring out where this was probably going to go. There was a point where, guys, it really looked to me like Shyamalan was going to... He was going there with a big, spectacular showdown between the Overseer and the Horde, and it was going to be this big CGI slugfest, you know. And to be honest... I would have been receptive to that, too, but upon review, guys, I got to tell you, it's better that Shyamalan was more honest with the material by avoiding the obvious tropes and shooting for more of a, I guess, more of a cerebral climax that honors what these movies have always been. You know, he never took the easy way out with these films, and that includes the conclusion of Glass, and you know what? I respect him for that. You know, no, I wouldn't have made those creative decisions, but I'm kind of glad that he did. And I mean, seriously, guys, am, I'm not the first one to say that James McAvoy gives what I at least can only describe as a bravura performance in both Split and Glass, you know, incredibly well done. And I guess what I'm what I'm trying to say here is that you know, in this world of comic book movies that are awash in $100 million marketing budgets and flashy CGI, it's kind of a relief, at least for me personally, to find a couple of comic book movies that are low budget and depend entirely on performance and writing and cinematography to make their point, you know? And just to kind of draw a comparison, as a, as a lot of you know, I've been highly protective of Batman Returns. You know, I enjoy Tim Burton's vision and ambition with Batman Returns in as much as he intentionally broke away from what he knew to be a successful formula with Batman 1989 in order to make something more original and from the heart with Batman Returns. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I kind of put the East Rail 177 trilogy in that same essential category of brave artistic endeavors which aren't necessarily intended for everybody but which certain kinds of people can find a lot of value in you know and i also admire just the pure undiluted courage of making split as kind of a stealth sequel to unbreakable 
and maintaining full secrecy about that until the movie fucking came out. You know? I never heard the spoiler about Split's connection to Unbreakable until I couldn't even take like sometime after the movie had been released in theaters, you know? Now look, I'm not saying that everything in life is perfect, but I understand where a lot of Shyamalan's work is off-putting for a lot of people, you know? But I've got not a word of criticism when it comes to the East Rail 177 trilogy. I mean, those movies are just fine as they are. So, anyway, uh, a little bit of a brief episode this time around. I just kind of wanted to throw all this out there and just see what comes back to me. This is going to be one of those times when I'm actively soliciting feedback. I want to know what you guys are thinking about this. Have you seen the East Rail 177 trilogy? If so, and if you've got something to say about it, and if you want to go into spoiler territory, which I was obviously not really willing to do here, if you want to go into spoiler territory, dude, by all means, send me an email and let me know. TrentusMagnus at gmail.com. That's T-R-E-N-T-U-S-M-A-G-N-U-S. TrentusMagnus at gmail.com. Send me an email. Let me know what you think. Because I kind of want to hear from you guys about all of this. I realize that, at least on some things, especially when it comes to, like, you know, this hobby that we all enjoy so much, I'm kind of accustomed to being the odd man out, at least on certain things. So it'd be kind of nice to know if I'm not the only one who enjoys these who enjoys these movies so like i say send me an email and let me know what you think of unbreakable split and glass and so i think that's pretty much it for me for right now so quick and easy down and dirty short and sweet this week bye everybody i will see you next time I think that's just about the end of that. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Podcast Network. You can find the home for Trennis Magnus Punches Reality at twotruefreaks.com. You can also find this show on Facebook just by searching for Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. There you can interact with your fellow listeners and also see notifications of new episodes when I put them up. My Facebook group is the only official place where you can find everything that has anything to do with this show. The reason for that is because I despise Twitter. Pretty much everything about Twitter sucks. So join the Facebook group today. Speaking of Facebook, you can friend me just by searching for Trentus Magnus, which is spelled T-R-E-N-T-U-S-M-A-G-N-U-S. You can email me and my parole officer at trennismagnus at gmail.com. But remember, all feedback and correspondence emailed to me will be read on mic unless you request otherwise. 
So, if your email isn't intended for public consumption, don't forget to say so. Otherwise, I'll assume that you want your correspondence to be heard by my dozens, and dozens, of fans across the world. Do you have a suggestion for a topic? Feel free to email me, and I might consider thinking about the possibility of potentially discussing whatever you have in mind someday. And that's a promise. Since we're on the subject of feedback, Trentus Magnus Punches Reality can be found on iTunes just by searching for Trentus Magnus Punches Reality. Won't you take a moment to rate my show on iTunes? That helps new listeners find the show. And just in case you don't think that I've given you enough shit to click on just yet, you can sponsor my show simply by going to twotruefreaks.com. There you can find the PayPal button, donate any amount at all, specify that you're sending Magnus some monetary love, and you will be an official sponsor of my show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy. And there's no minimum donation. Be a Trennis Magnus show sponsor today. I don't have a Patreon, because if you think that I hate Twitter, boy, just wait till you hear what I think of Patreon. So, if you want to throw some bucks my way, the Two True Freaks PayPal link is the way to do it. The contents of this podcast are fictitious, hypothetical, and probably completely unnecessary. Any similarity to living persons or real-life events is purely coincidental and void where prohibited by law. Some assembly required. Batteries not included. Many will enter. Few will win. The white zone is for passenger loading and unloading only. All models are over the age of 18. Trennis Magnus Punches Reality is a Magnus Media Enterprises Limited production in association with Demonsecor of Milan, Italy. <laughs>